Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the 49-week challenge reading plan. We also have physical reading plans available in the lobby every Sunday. And like I say every week, if you have any questions, feel free to send them in to us at infogrove.church or you can direct message our Grove Church Facebook page. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time listening to this podcast, thanks for joining us. Uh, but we'd love to answer those questions for you. Uh, so feel free to send them in. I got to say, it is, it's nice to be able to say we have physical reading plans available in the lobby. <laughs> Yes, we've not said that for a long time. If you if you don't know, we uh, we recently opened back up for in person gatherings. So we have we're doing two in person, a drive in, and online. So one yeah. of those things. But it's just it's good to be back in the building yes. a little bit. Yes, some Very some true. even though it's masks and social distancing, some semblance of normalcy is nice. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so today we are talking about the letters of John. That we find in the New Testament. So that's yes. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. So we'll be talking about... the end of the New Testament almost. Oh, yeah. So you just got... Keep going Jude, right. Jude and Revelation <laughs> and that's it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's there, it's a really interesting topic we'll kind of get into a little bit. But all three of the letters are... Um, they're so different mm-hmm. and yet they hit on the same themes. So yeah. that's kind of... And we'll talk a little bit more about why that is. Um, it's called a teaser, guys. That's called a teaser. As far as resources that we're using today, um, as always, we're using the ESV Study Bible, Logos Bible software, um, and then this week we're also using the Essence of the New Testament, a survey by Elmer L. Towns and Ben Gutierrez. Yes. Uh, so getting into kind of just introducing the ideas, um, the three letters of John actually fulfill the three different categories of epistles that we have. So an epistles, remember, is just our word for letters in the New Testament mm-hmm. written by apostles. It's a fancy word for letter. Exactly. And why not use fancy words when you can? Um, but the... Th- the three different kinds of epistles that we have in the New Testament are ones that were meant to be circulated around. So an apostle would write a letter and it was meant to be read out loud as a sermon or a message mm-hmm. at a church and then be sent to another church and be read there and then be sent to another church. These are circulatory uh, epistles. Then there's epistles written specifically to a church. Um, so that would be like, if you go to the Pauline letters, you can think of um like, so Galatians, for instance, would be one that was meant to be circulated. Uh, one that was written to a specific church would be like First Corinthians, mm-hmm. where he's very much not talking, he's not talking broadly about things. He's talking about very like, hey, like, dude, stop um, getting drunk on communion wine. What are you guys doing? So that's kind of that sort of thing. Which is true. He says that in, yep. in Corinthians. And then personal letters would be like Paul's letters to Timothy and Titus and mm-hmm. Philemon. So they're just specifically to a person. They're not meant to be read to the church. They're not meant to be read, like circulated around. They're just specifically to one person. So uh, so if you read those in the New Testament, you can disregard them. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. They're not for us today. <laughs> so um, there's no proof of this, but there's one theory for first, second, third John. And this is actually what I, this is what I believe as well. Um, but again, no proof. So it's very open-handed. You yeah, could so convince me wrong. otherwise. Yeah. I could very much be wrong. Yes. Um, but the idea is that all three letters were actually carried at the same time. And so the idea would be that first John was meant to be kind of a generic sermon message that was read at the church and then circulated to other churches. Second John was a letter to that specific church that first received the letter. And then third John was a letter to the pastor of that specific church that received the letters. So, and you'll, you'll see why um, a lot of people think that. And again, A, because we talked about it, they deal with a lot of the same themes, but they deal with them very differently. Um, And then the second and third letters are so short. Um, they're like, they're right up there with Jude, yeah, where right. if you want to feel accomplished and say that you read a book of the Bible yeah, today, right. you can I read three books of the Bible. That's true. It's like, it's like 
second John, third John and Jude together are like maybe five pages. So yeah. there you go. Um, and then as far as when they're written, all three letters were written in about 80, 85 to 95. Um, so it, there's nothing in them really to nail down an exact date. Yeah. So probably just, just a ballpark. Yeah. Later in John's life. Um, and then if you, you know, gun to my head, if you made me guess about, I guess that's, that's an aggressive expression. Um, but if you made me guess when they were written, I would say that probably after he wrote the gospel and before he wrote Revelation. So maybe like the mid, like the early nineties, like 92, 93. But um, again, like I said this already, but open-handed issue. So yeah. who knows? But if you were to ask me, I would be, I'd defer to Evan. So if you ask, it sounds bad, but there's part of me that's like, when I read scripture, I don't necessarily need to know the ballpark time they were written. Right. All I care about who, who they were written to, because that helps establish the context and conversation. But well, it's and still it's, good to know because you still have the the validity and the and uh, the authority that you can have based upon those dates too. So yeah, well, it is so different too. Because to like with the Paul letters, it's actually really helpful to know when some of those were written because it changes. Like like Second Timothy, the context changes because you know it's like at the end of Paul's life. Yeah. Whereas, or if he's in prison, like you understand context differently, and it actually brings brings to life some of the things he's saying. Yeah. So. Whereas the yeah, letters of, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying for me. Well, my point was that with the letters of John, it doesn't actually matter really when they were written. Because like okay. as far as how you interpret them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so enough enough about dates. Let's get into the book of 1 John. Um, so the major theme of 1 John is our assurance of salvation in Christ. Um, and this is, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about because we have to remember that John is writing this in the 80s or 90s. Uh, Jesus ascended back into heaven in the 30s and mm -hmm. almost all of the apostles, I think they actually might all be dead, but if they're not all dead, they're all pretty close. Um, Paul and Peter are for sure gone by this point. Yeah. Um, and so John is writing to people who, if they were alive when Jesus was around, they're very old, but most of them weren't alive because mm -hmm. uh, it's 60 years before when John is writing, this is when Jesus ascended. So almost everyone he's writing to, um, they're second generation Christians. And so it, 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 it makes it a little bit unique among the New Testament literature because with all of most of the other letters, we're writing to people who remember Jesus yeah. or they remember at least hearing about what happened, whereas John is writing to people whose parents remembered Jesus or grandparents even in some cases. So an interesting um, idea, John at this point has gone from being the youngest disciple uh, to being the oldest living apostle. Um, and he reminds young Christians of the truth of the gospel. Um, and because it is kind of funny too, when you think about like um, in the gospel of John, you know, we get those, we get those parts where John like rests his head on Jesus at the last supper. Like he's clearly um, the youngest one there. Yeah. And then in the letters of John, he takes on this really fatherly tone, mm -hmm. um, which I think is like in, in first John two, one through six, it, it just goes like this. Um, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation of our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So it's just kind of. He, again, he takes this really fatherly tone. He also takes a stern tone where he says, like, you know, straight up, uh, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and yeah. the truth is not in him. Um, but he's reminding people that 
they need to stick with the gospel. They need to stick with the truth as it was revealed to them. Um, and we can kind of in, imply or infer, I should say, we, we can infer from everything that we're reading that um, there's false teachers that are rising up and they're beginning mm-hmm. to say things. Um, at this time, the Gnostics are kind of coming around and the Gnostics are people who say that um, Jesus was never actually a physical person. He was just a spiritual being. Um, and it kind of comes out of, um, there's some weird things with Greek philosophy where they just viewed like this, uh, the whole goal of life was to become spiritual and to get rid of, and to shut off kind of like our physicalness and the physical body was considered bad. So it's kind of like, it's that philosophy melding with Christianity a little bit, um, which creates heresy, which is how most heresies start. So yeah, it's true. Well, and I think, I mean, if you, if you do any other reading in the book of John and I mean, today, I believe today in the reading, as you're listening to the day that we're reading, you're reading or listening to this, that we release it is the day that you would have read through the book of first, second, third John. Um, And you see a lot of parallels uh, to the gospel of John and some of the the statements that he makes, some of the verbiage, some of the language is very, very complimentary and similar, uh, which again, just goes back to the time frame it was written. And I think when they're all written, you get this, 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 um, perspective that when they're written about the same time, you get some of the overlap of the common language that's being spoken. So even in some of these statements, um, you see some of the the common language from the gospel of John too. So yeah, absolutely. Um, fatherly tone. It's but, funny cause I forgot all about that part to be honest with you until I read it in the notes. Cause Evan put some of this together. I was like, Oh shoot. I forgot that he was, this is kind of towards the end of his life a little bit. He kind of old man. I think, it, I think it's in, maybe it's in second John, which we'll get to, but he calls himself the elder. I think that's, that third is it the third one well we'll see we're I think it's the second one. spoilers anyways. we're gonna read all, all the three second john and third john because they're extremely short yeah. so, so anyways yeah it's it's definitely yeah i don't know what i was gonna say there so go ahead yeah uh so we would be remiss before we move on to the other uh books the other letters of john to not talk about probably the most famous uh set of yeah. verses in first john so that's first john four uh and we're gonna go seven through twelve instead of seven through eight but uh it goes beloved let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this love of God, in this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Um, also, I think it's important to say what propitiation is because we've said that word a couple of times. So basically, it's a fancy word for um, exchange or sacrifice yeah. for sins. So when it says that Jesus is the propitiation of our sin, it's saying that he is the um, He is the sacrifice that redeems us and makes us right before God. So, And again, why use... English words when you can use fancy Greek words instead. So I actually don't know if that's Greek or not, but I don't think it is. I was going to roll with it. It sounds Greek kind of. Yes. It's, it's, and it's funny because it's, it's one of those big words that you don't really hear very often. Um, it's yeah. like every time I, re- I read it or have it read to me, I have to stop and l- consciously remind myself, what does this word mean again? Because it's just confusing. Well, it's kind of like, um, that's another reason why I don't like the ESV. It's kind of like covenant where it's like, is only you only hear it in religious um, true. circumstances true. today. Propitiation is the same way. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. But in that in that moment, uh, it's 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 nice because John is reminding. It's really it's it's a rebuke of false teachers, but it's also John reminding people that the way that we mark ourselves. And this is what Jesus said: "You will know um, 
people will know that we're Christians by the way we love yeah, one and, another. And John's saying that's the same the context, thing. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure that's in the Gospel of John. That's where that comes from. Boom. Well, it's almost like it's like John. All the it. themes are coming together. What? All right. So Second John, uh, this letter opens up by addressing it to the elect lady and her children. Um, so funny. So yeah, there's a little bit of controversy is the wrong word, but there's a little bit of debate about yeah. what this is. Um, so there's the camp of uh, you would say that this address is to a specific woman and her children. Um, or you can say that this address is like, it's a metaphor for the church and the people inside of the church. Yeah. Um, that's where I land more because it seems like, I don't know, like we'll read, we'll read the letter. Yeah. Um, some of the things are kind of weird. If you're saying like John's writing to like a woman he's not married to, he's just like talking about how like deep love for her and stuff like that. But yeah. maybe it's not weird. No, I, I would land in the same boat. I think it is, a, it is an illusion or whatever, a metaphor for the church and her people. Uh, because oftentimes when we see this throughout scripture, uh, the church is often referred to as a bride. It's referred to, a, it has female um, pronouns attached to it. Um, and so there, it's, yeah, I agree. To be directly written to one lady and her children is a little bit weird. Uh, and it doesn't seem very fitting, um, especially like, because if John, maybe he doesn't refer to himself as the elder in this one, maybe it is three, but I thought it was two. Um, but they all blend together. So, but even like the way he, like, it's funny that he would even refer to it this way. Like, I don't see <laughs> The, the elect lady and her children. It's just, it's just. Either, either way. something an old man would do. Yeah. Either way, it's kind no of. because old men. Because we never see, um, we never see this language about a church. Anywhere either. else in scripture. Yeah. So. But this I, is the only place in scripture is referred to. Either way, it's a unique thing to yeah. say. Um, but yeah, so we'll skip the greeting, but getting in at verse four, and then we'll just read the whole rest of the letter here. Uh, it's, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one that we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. Whoa, themes. Okay. Uh, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is in the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, and those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such a one is the de is the deceiver and the antichrist. That's strong language. Uh, watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win in full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not deceive him into your house do or receive, re him. receive him. Do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk to you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you, um, which is also like probably meaning it's a church because or he was staying with her sister and her elect children as well. So and and there's just no husbands around. So probably church, but yeah. who knows? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we see the themes of First John coming back in Second John, the mm -hmm. idea of like it's important to love one another. Um, and then we also see... Again, it's it's an implied theme in First John, but it's made more manifest here that there are false teachers yeah. around, and they're starting to hence the word antichrist. Yep, and they're starting to lead people astray. Um, and so, yeah, I really do think Second John fits nicely in this. Read this letter out loud to your church. Read the first. Read First John around and circulate that. But this seems like specifically it's a message to a church yeah. and to kind of encourage them and to tell them like, hey, don't receive false teachers. Stay true. Love one another. That whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I would agree with you. I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. Well done, sir. Second and third John are both kind of like, they're pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So third John, 
it's the final letter of John. It's addressed to Gaius. Um, I took out the intro, so I can't actually tell you for sure which one is the elder. But Yeah, my phone's not with me, so I can't look it up right now. Sorry, man. Okay. When you read it, you'll find out which one says the elder. You're welcome. All right. So anyway, we're just going to read the whole letter of this one because it's even shorter than Second John. But skipping the intro, picking up in verse 5, it says... Uh, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all of your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy for God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, or Diotrephes, however you want to say it, uh, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, telling wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from truth itself. And we also add that our test we also add our testimony that and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write it with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. So there you go. So I also I'm have to start bu- finishing my emails with the friends greet you and greet each friend by name. For me, I, I want to finish my emails with I had much to write to you, but I would rather not use and then instead of pen and ink, you can just say I would rather not use my computer's processing power. I hope to see you in person. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's funny because it ends much in the same way as Second John, where yeah. it's saying, there's more I want to say, but I'm going to be there soon. So it's almost, it almost feels like John got kind of tired of writing. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like which let's these, just talk in person. Which these are, these are short letters, so it's hard to imagine he got that tired of writing. Well, then he got game. tired from the Gospel of John and then First John. There you go. His hand's cramping. Yeah. That's how I, <laughs> dude, I type up my thank you cards and paste them into the thank you cards for my wedding because my hand cramps. So. There you go. Technology, I love it. Um, so anyway, so, so a couple things to notice with Third John. Um, a, you can tell it's a personal letter because he's listing off names with no explanation. Yeah. So he's like, ah, oh, diatrophies, that guy's the Demetrius. worst. Demetrius. Demetrius is awesome. Thanks for, you know, he sends good words. And greet, each, greet everybody by name, please. What, what I do think is interesting is that um, you see the evolving personal... Uh, What's the, I don't know, what's, it gets more personal with the different letters. I don't know if there's a word for that or not. Sorry. Um, but you see how it, it gets. I it, want you to finish that sentence. Though. I know. The, the evolving personal. Personalization, I think is what I was going to say. That seems like a right, the right sure, term. That works. Anywho. Um, yeah. You see like the first letter isn't really directly addressed to anyone. The second letter is to this church and the third letter is directly to Gaius. Um, but the other thing that's interesting is that you also see this happen with the false teachers. Mm-hmm. So the first letter doesn't mention the false teachers. It's just kind of implied yeah. um, or inferred. Like I always mess up those. Or it's implied in the letter and we infer it. There you go. Anywho. Uh, and then second John, it mentions, hey, don't welcome false teachers, but it's not, you know, naming these false teachers. Yeah. And then in third John, he's like false teacher, freaking diatrophies. <laughs> so it's, it is kind of interesting that... <clears throat> um. John didn't feel it, and maybe we're just reading too much into this, but it, it seems like John didn't feel it was appropriate to name names in the other two letters. Yeah. Um, he wanted to just kind of keep it vague as like, hey, watch out for false teachers. But then specifically to the pastor, he's like, hey, watch out for diatrophies. <laughs> that, yeah. guy that guy's a snake. So well, I think, I think it's very indicative of how you and I would write even today when we're talking to a general audience. We don't specifically call people out. When we talk to even a a smaller audience, we are very, still very careful to, to call anybody out. Mm-hmm. But when I'm talking to you, I'll use names. 
you know, watch out for so-and-so and watch out for so-and-so. Like if that, not that I can think of anybody that, that was, but I, I think it, it shows you that person personality and, and the realization of the, the relationship that exists between John and his, his, the, I guess the, the person he's writing to in Gaius, mm -hmm. uh, Gaius. But, um, it's, it's definitely, and I think in these three, these three books or these three epistles, you, what you find is that really a, a very wide, unique interaction that John carries um, for God's people, for Christians, in the context with which are, they're w living and walking through. And he does carry a very fatherly tone, but at the same time, very personal interaction and relationship with these individuals too. So um, you get the fatherly tone, you get the, the, the pastoral leader, and then you get the friend uh, yeah. perspective in these letters too. So just a, an interesting perspective uh, as you think about John writing the letters, because um, sometimes that adds just as much value to yeah. what you read. And really these are, um, these are the last of the epistles chronologically. Um, and they're also the last ones that we see specifically addressed um, to pastors. And yeah. it, is kind of, it is kind of interesting to um, to contrast them with the Timothy letters and, and Titus, which are also the other the, the other letters that we have that are written to pastors. Um, I yeah. feel bad for Gaius because you feel like he could have had the letter named after him, but like the letter of John to Gaius, but instead it's just third John. No one cares about the recipient there, but... What are you going to do? It's fair. When we get to heaven, I'll be like, hey, man, that was... I see you. That was right. I see you guys. <laughs> Thanks for all your hard work. From Avatar, I see you. Uh, but, whoa, that was... That's a deep cut. Um, anywho, so, yeah, I, I do think it's um, it's interesting to contrast them just because you see the issues that Timothy and Titus are dealing with are actually different from the issues that uh, Gaius mm. is dealing with. Um, and but the, then you also see the overlap. Yes. Right? You see the overlap of false teachers. You see the overlap of of these branches of religion and faith systems uh, that exist within Timothy and Titus that also exist within John, you also see the different approaches as you read through and have read through the book of Timothy for second Timothy and Titus. Um, I think we talked about first Timothy, yes. but not second Timothy. Anyways, um, you just see that you see the overlap and the contrast that exists, but the same thing still plays out in the world that we find ourselves living in is having to, to re-anchor our lives to truth and who Christ is yep. and the gospel. And that's where we have to stay. Um, but there's so many different things that pull us and and try and persuade us differently that Jesus is a great point and a great part, but there's also more to it. So Yeah. The, the, the idea that there's false teachers and there's false gospels that arise mm -hmm. is something that um, is just as relevant today as it was back then. Like I would say today, if there's like pastors writing, you could talk really about um, like the prosperity gospel in America yeah. where it's just like, the celebrity, the celebrity, pa celebrity pastor. Yeah. Like, but, I, and that's as well, is, like, it's just like, yeah, there's just yeah. different things. And I'm curious, I'd be curious because I don't think that the, and this is probably going off a little bit from some of this, but I think it leads to that, the application conversation in some respects where I'd be curious to really put myself in their shoes as a, a recipient of one of these letters. And would I be fully aware of what I'm being communicated to not to be aware of? Would I be fully aware of the Antichrist? Would I be fully aware of the false teachers that exist and the false message they're preaching? Because I'm not convinced today it's as well known what are some of the false theologies or the false teachings today. Well, that and, makes sense. And so and that's very gospel is a really great I, a picture of that. But I think I'd be curious to know what else. Well, and that's where I think it, it's interesting to see the passage of time. Because when you look at the letters of... of um, of Timothy and Titus or the letters to Timothy and Titus, what they're dealing with is people saying, um, Hey, like Jesus is awesome. Um, but we also need to keep the Jewish law and we need to convert to Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we get to John talking with Gaius, it seems like the, 
the false teaching there has more to do with like, well, was Jesus really like a man or was he more of a, because and it's the different ideas that the, the further removed you get from the event, um, the more twisted the event can become. Yeah. So at the beginning, like no one's really doubting that Jesus was real and existed. Um, and then all of a sudden you get this idea that Jesus is a physical. And then now today, like really what we're dealing with is like people being like, well, was Jesus really, a, uh, like ever the son actually, of God. well, the son of God, but I don't like, think people can argue. And it's, I, I've been in, like, I'm not convinced people can argue from a historical perspective that Jesus didn't exist. They try just watch but, the, <laughs> but they can't like there, yeah. there's not really much footing to stand on there. I agree with you there. Um, well, yeah, because, because, because all of history hinges on this man named Jesus. Um, I mean, we did a series years ago called inescapable. Right. But I, I, I'm not like, there's a, it's not as wide. The arguments are not as wide and prevalent today that Jesus didn't exist. True. What the argument is, is the divinity of Jesus, whether he truly was the son of God or just a great teacher, like you, Muhammad you, or Gandhi or thing, whatever. You turn on the history channel on Easter, it's all about how Jesus didn't really exist. And then they go back to aliens at 10. Yeah. You know, and that, <laughs> whatever but it that it's, it's funny because it's the same, it's the same message over and over and over again, but rarely is it a, an actual argument that can be made. I feel like it's just the same information regurgitate. That's not as very, really widespread as it used to be. I yeah. think people want to argue that he doesn't exist out of ignorance and it's easier to <coughs> deny the existence than have to wrestle through the actual existence of Jesus. But I'm not sure that most people, if you would sit down and actually talk to them about this person named Jesus, if they would sit there and say, no, I don't believe he never, ex he ever existed. Yeah. Cause historically I don't think you can, you can make that claim. There's less proof that Julius Caesar existed than there is that Jesus existed. So it's just one of those things. Yeah. So, um, Anyways, anyhow, all of that say that's like way off on a tangent. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there for for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing about the three letters of John um, and found it helpful. And like we said, if you want to, yeah, just uh, a fun perspective on them. If you want to feel good about saying that you read a book of the Bible today, p bust them out. So you've got second and third John right there. Yep. First John's also not very long; it's like no. five chapters. So it might take you a little bit longer to read, but I say within twenty minutes you could read all three of them oh, pretty yeah. easily. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, please leave us a review. Uh, it helps get the podcast out there to more people and grow this community of people reading the Bible together. Um, and also, it's just fun for me and Aaron to be able to uh, get your thoughts to know that we're making an impact and not just talking into mics. So we do get to see people listening, but we don't always get to hear perspectives on it's it. True. Uh, and then finally, we are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only podcast of the Grove Church. You can find all of our other resources and podcasts on our website at grove.church. Have a great day.